Hey everybody, episode 82 of the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. Uh, I have been waiting to put this up for a while. I apologize for the delay. We recorded this months ago, uh, but it's very special. Wanted to make sure I got it right. Uh, this is Rusty Warren Part 1. Now, uh, I was fortunate enough to get to sit down. Mike and I both sat down with Rusty a couple months ago. We discussed her life, her comedy, a little bit of everything. She's amazing. If you don't know who she is, the clips will give you an idea. And obviously the interview is going to tell you a whole lot about her, more than, you know, I knew about her. And um, as usual, the podcast is not for people without a sense of humor. I will tell you, um, it's, it's, you know what, it's, it's even, I, I would only consider it mildly bawdy. But still, the episode, the, the podcast doesn't normally get this bawdy at all. Um, I, I love that I'm using an old-timey term to describe it, but Rusty is just incredibly frank, and it's so amazing and refreshing and funny and wonderful, and that's, honestly, that's that's the point of her comedy, that's the point of who she is, it's amazing. Um, if you get embarrassed by talk about sex, well, you know what the whole point is, you should just listen to it anyway, because at the end of the day, it's there's no reason for it to be embarrassing. It's amazing, it's funny, uh... It's, and I'm talking about the podcast and sex. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's just an incredible experience. I am so honored that I got to sit down with her. Um, so we're going to, you know, we end the podcast basically at the midpoint of the recording. So it does kind of, you know, it just cuts off there. Um, but, uh, and there are clips throughout. Normally, if I was going to do an episode with somebody uh, that I care this much about and whose work I love so much, I would just let it run. And I'd give you the full hour and a half in one shot. But Rusty specifically asked, put some clips in. She wants to make sure her comedy lives on, too. So if you haven't heard her stuff before, you're going to get plenty of opportunity in this episode. Um, you know, every ten minutes or so. So please enjoy the episode. Uh, Rusty's on Facebook. Uh, so follow her there. Go to RustyWarren.com. Check out her comedy. And pick up some of her albums. Why not? They're great. They're funny. And, uh, you know what, they might help you have less of a, have more of a sense of humor about yourself, take yourself a little less seriously. And here is part one of Rusty Warren on Comedy on Vinyl. Good evening. Once again, the Golden Falcon proudly presents that lusty redhead with her songs for sinners, Miss Rusty Warren. <laughs> From her bed, now a young man was leaving. She said, Be kind when you bid me adieu. And remember that Red River Sally was the first one to give it to you. What a mess on that first night he came there, standing stiffly with his hat held in his hand. Sally said, well, we might as well get started So lift your hat and we'll do what we can Red River Sally within an alley In the room above the general store Party whore Giving joy to the world Night and day without fail Hers was a 
fascinating tale. Like, I don't normally write down questions. I normally wing it. Okay? It doesn't matter. Just, but. Because you, it's a long career. You have to guide me. Uh, right. That's My fine. memory is limited at 83. That is okay. <laughs> Let me, I'll, I'll, we'll start it off and I'll introduce you everybody. This is a very special episode. Uh, I'm interviewing, this is, this is very exciting for me. I'm here with Rusty Warren. Rusty, this is amazing to have you here. Thank you. I am thrilled to be asked. This this is very exciting to me. Um, we were just talking for you know a minute about you know some of your recordings going to the, the Library of Congress, some of your works. Yes, I'm very honored with that situation. And I, this is this is amazing. So I, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to go out of my way to ask you some questions people haven't asked you. It's impossible. I know that because yep. people are always asking you about the same stuff. But you know, you're a legend of. I guess people people might call it maybe part party albums. People like to call them. That's that. what they called it in the sixties. In the sixties, mm-hmm. yeah. They don't really Mr. exist anymore. Mrs. America. Right. I right. think that's what. Jerry yes, and it says it on the cover of a couple of your albums. Yeah. Actually, yeah. The, Jerry the, Blaine was the president of JG and, and Jubilee Records, and he named it that. Is that what he called? He okay. named Knockers Up. Really? I said you wouldn't put that in on me. Says, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> he was a marvelous man. Wow. And young and together and smart. He did the bloopers. Oh yeah, his company. Did oh okay, the movies, yeah. And what? In case people don't know your work, part of my podcast is to make pe- sure people find out about work they don't know about. But you know, you were you were doing comedy about sex that wasn't dirty. Although at the time, maybe some people thought it was dirty. The subject of sex in the '60s was just frightening. Yeah, because we just sneaking into the women's movement. Mm-hmm. And as you know, in the 60s, don't neither one of any of you say you didn't know that. You know it from reading about sure, it. Sure, exactly. But of course, I was in it. And coming into that, where women was, uh, were getting powerful, mm-hmm. they wanted more. They also didn't want their association with boobies. Mm-hmm. And I had that altercation very quickly with Bella Abzug that I had met at one of the women's rallies. Uh-huh. Oh, you're the woman that talks about... <laughs> <laughs> we don't want that image. We live with that image when we were, you know, women. Uh-huh. Like every man looks at our boobs and thinks that's where my brain is, you know. Right. And she really got into me and said, oh, sorry. I said, I'm sorry. It's, I do it. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. We women with the big boobs or the little boobs or no boobs or whatever. Didn't matter. Yeah. It was a sense of the depth of it all was that. Hey, gals, we're more than our boobs. Right. We are. We are wanting the best jobs, etc. I said, but this is not a serious album. This is a comedy album. Right. You do the serious. You go to. You go to the, the courts and get what you need. Yeah. And I'll do my little thing. And, and I'm, trust me, I'm not a big, big performer here. I'm just doing my little number. Yeah. That time, I, I think I was on, knock us up um, into my third album. Mm-hmm. By the time that whole thing came down with Bella. But, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt you. Just, that, the fun part is that I don't know where I was coming from at the time. Yeah. Because I wedged into that, into playing and piano, and, and I got people getting me songs. Mm-hmm. I'd find things, not like you do for the later album, mm-hmm. but just my own personality, whatever it was, was what you hear yeah. in my, all my work. Now, this is something I have people sometimes email me. How do I become a comedian? Mm -hmm. You don't become a comedian. (laughs) You are a funny, amusing person. Yeah. But you don't sit down and read a script. 
Of course, if you're an actress, that's another thing. Sure, sure. A foreign actress can do a lot of things. She can be Meryl Streep, and, and she, nothing she touches is not exactly what the character is. So, I mean, we're not talking actresses doing comedy. Yeah. We're talking about a kid's going to get up with a microphone in, in open open mic in half the bars of the world and get up and do 30 minutes. They can't do four minutes. Right. They right. can't do one number because they get up there, they're scared because they're who they are. Mm -hmm. And who they are is not what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I learned that from Sophie Tucker because yeah. I was doing one of her numbers when I was 25. Uh -huh. and I, I, you know, it's something about being 40. Mm -hmm. you, one of Sophie's numbers of best life, life begins at 40. Okay, right. That's the one she did. And when she was working in one of the big clubs down the road from me, and, and when she came and did her thing on the way to Vegas, and uh, her, her piano player came to see me, and he, he loved my work. And, uh, and he asked if I would like to meet Sophie Tugs. Oh, are you kidding? Sure. Sort of like an icon to me. And he, I said, are you really a piano player? I mean, are you really hers? Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew, you know, that she had one. And he said, yeah, she lived staying at the Biltmore. Mm -hmm. And you can, I will arrange it so you could have a brunch with her. Mm -hmm. I said, wow, I don't, please don't get me all dressed and down there and, and the Biltmore and I find out it's a joke and I said, it, it, it'd be more hurtful because it's not important, yeah. but if this is true, it's the biggest thing that ever happened. And he said, no, it's real. And it was. She oh. offered me and came into her suite and we had bagels and lots. <laughs> now that I think of it, it's a Sunday, I guess, whatever, <laughs> whatever that means. And being a Jewish girl, I understood from her anyway, so it was funny. And we talked, and she said, I hear you're doing Life Begins at 40. How old are you? <laughs> I said, uh, 26 or something, 28, 27, somewhere around there. And um, do, be who you are. Yeah. You're gonna, you, what do you think? You're fooling your audience. <laughs> they know better. Well, we have quite a nice group enjoying an evening with us. And if I may start the show by saying, we are going to discuss a subject very near and dear to our hearts. One that I talk about and that you do so very well. Sex. And as I look around, I see a lot of married couples in the audience tonight. So if I may, I would like to talk to the wives about what they brought with them. Otherwise known as the driver of the car. <laughs> yes, ladies, I don't know if you really understand that every man in the audience tonight has a mission to complete. He was born for this mission. He is dedicated to this purpose. <laughs> And his whole life is a continuous campaign to give it to us. Give what? What do you think? Every man was born to give us happiness. Oh, yes. And every woman here tonight will receive this gift. 
But I am sorry to say we ladies don't appreciate it. <laughs> no, we do not, ladies. You seem to forget that this man has had this instrument of joy since it was a little boy's. And it is now ready for us. What are we ready for it? No, we are not. Be honest with your audience. Mm -hmm. They're not stupid. The more you are yourself, the better you'll be. Yeah. And wow, it is so true. Yeah. Wow, and I've yeah. told this little line to anyone that's asked me how you become, what could you do as a comedian? Mm -hmm. Don't lie. Yeah. Well, I'm doing life begins at 40. What do I know? At 20 <laughs> I mean, now I see it, of course. But at that time, I just another number. I took off an album, sure. a record, a little 45, in fact. Yeah. You know, uh, Sophie's and and um, a couple of other people that had records at that time. Yeah, men and women, so it didn't matter. So when you started, uh, you know, uh, and you had to, and you sort of realized you had to make an act that was who you were. What what was what was your life like? Where were you at that was making you want to talk about sex just so openly? I don't know why. No, I had a wonderful childhood. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean. When we see life stories of people in television, mm -hmm. we see uh, abusive parents, sure. abusive children, drugs, uh, all kinds of stuff of that sort. I was a, a blessed child. Mm -hmm. My parents, at that time, my mother had a, her, a hysterectomy at like 26, 70 oh, wow. years old. So in those years, they didn't fix it like they can today where you could have a child because sure. they have the knowledge today. But in 1929 or 28, when, after her marriage, when she got married, so it was like they had to, the child died and they took all the goodies and sure. could have children. Sure. And my father's brother happened to um, adopt a Jewish gal from the New New York Jewish Family Services. Mm -hmm. And so we went up, I guess they went up, and they found a child, and they waited, they waited. You know, it's, it's not like today you walk in over a counter and get a kid, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's wow, it was really a blue eyes and what they looked like and it was the same religion, uh -huh. was it married, a child legitimate. And it was, I was born in 1930, so it was right in the 29 crash, and, oh, yeah. and they, all they said was musical family. So it could have been anyone from, you know, I'd like to think probably they were on vaudeville. Mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> but anyway, I, that's how. And then when I was old enough to understand, my mother said I was the chosen child. Yeah. That was how she put it. Yeah. And I felt I didn't feel bad about it. Because you know when you get funny at your, yeah, at your parents and you get mad at them, and and, see, and then I'm, I'm sure many times my mouth said, "Well, I'm not really yours." I mean, yeah. can you imagine how hurtful right. that must have been? But it's something you go through when yeah. you're young. You won't let me do something, ha ha ha. Mm -hmm. But I had a slow eye, which you see a lot on the early films, mm -hmm. and um, my father thought he'd kid with me because it had that an oriental flavor that someone has that kind of eye. It actually could be 
background, Russian or Lithuanian. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that 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 uh, culture. Yeah. Years ago, and um, it was probably he said that he he was a navy man, so he brought his clothes in to get done in a in a, a place where they do it. Uh, yeah, cleaners, special cleaners for the military, and there was a little girl sitting in the corner, and she was so pretty and she was so adorable. I just had to take her home, and I said, you "Really, you don't like me? You know, I'm seven, seven or eight years old, or five or whatever it was." And he said, "And that's you, and and look how special you are." You know, so I, my mother almost killed him. <laughs> what did you tell her? That? I got finished. Tell her how special she is. Now you give her the found a Chinese one. <laughs> anyway, we laughed, and all these these memories are part of a life of of love. Yeah. You know, I didn't know my parents' names when I was younger, until mm-hmm. I was almost able to know, uh, you know, thing because they called each other Hun. Yeah. Hi, honey. I get this. I didn't know it was Herbert and Ellen. I had no idea that they were. And then it's funny how when you're adored, I was protected by me and by my father. I had no brothers or anything. So by my father was my male in my life. And, and mm-hmm. he was nervous when I first went out. I, they bought me a thing to put my gowns in. I was playing piano mm-hmm. at some place in Plattsburgh. You know, with first agent, my mother, first thing, job you have, and I would go to uh, play dinner music at some dinner uh, house, whatever. Because I just I was still in college, music college. I didn't have anything to talk in a microphone about. Sure. And I'm just doing that. My father says, "You know, all men are not like your father." Because I used to jump on him and hug him, and you know, I mean, <laughs> he had probably visions of me jumping on all these. <laughs> but I mean, it was just the kind of thing where you get to learn. Because mm-hmm. I knew A into B. I mean, I knew at that point, sure, a life, sexual life, whatever it was. Sure, I'd never seen a man. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen that you know. <laughs> I mean God forbid but he seemed pretty you know you'd know that not like the kids today no of oh. course and, and and fancy fancy sex police <laughs> police <laughs> at 19 I said you're going to do what with that <laughs> you know I mean it's, it's weird another generation so <clears throat> when the 60s came women were starting to get excited about who they were. Mm-hmm. They got sexual. Mm-hmm. And they got it, they wanted to have sex and not get caught. Like, see, right. We didn't have the pill. We didn't have any way of getting you son of a bitches to wear a, <laughs> a In those years, you couldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. So you didn't do anything. And yeah. that was option number two. Yeah. If that's if we you know the women they died it they figured they got to do it, and it's just weird that we're coming out of that generation into male female connections, mm-hmm. and it was, and what I spoke about was not entirely the act of sex. Right. Very rarely I talk we talk about it and the thing <laughs> yeah. and all the jokes I made because that's how my generation of women who just got married, they live in the suburbs, 
and they have 1.2 kids mm -hmm. and a dog and a fence and a husband that works very hard. Mm -hmm. And they love my album to have a party because they can't go out. Right. They got kids, so they have the neighbors. They all got young kids. So let's go listen to Rusty Warren's record. Yeah. Oh, that's naughty. <laughs> Don't let the kids listen to that one. They hit it under everything. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, I have the grandchildren, I think, that are emailing me now. Yeah. Oh, my grandma loved you. Oh, she adored you. She would praise Prince up and down. We could listen to the record, and when they went out, we tried to find it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, it was stories and stories for the last 25 years. I heard from my email people and my website and yeah. who I was and what it was. And sometimes your age, people, younger probably now, they find my records in swap meets sure. and, and antique places and, and uh, eBay. Mm -hmm. eBay. Mm -hmm. And... And they're selling for two dollars, a dollar and a half. Sure. Well, it was only three ninety four yeah. <laughs> at, at Target when it went there. Mm -hmm. You know, when it went to that, where you couldn't read, you couldn't play it. Right. It said no covers and those things. But if it was a record store, it was four ninety eight, mm -hmm. and that was the price of the album. Yeah. And for the Jubilee albums, and so it, it's funny. And people, I, I appreciate you're finding the original Jubilee. And, and wanting an autograph, we're collecting those now. Oh, yeah. A lot of my email people, I, one wrote me and said, God, I found four of them, and they were about 50 cents a piece. I bought them for you. Oh. And he said, what am I going to do with them? I said, just, I'll pay the thing. Just go ahead and send them to, you know, to Hawaii House. And, and, and send them there. We collect them. Mm -hmm. We have so many people that have done this. And I said, if you want to hear the album, You'll have to hear it and see it. I'll send you a CD mm -hmm. of whatever album you wow. send me. I have a CD on it. If there's anyway, anything you ever need me to hunt down for you, you let me know. I know. Really? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I will help you hunt down whatever you want. I have more than oh, happy Oh, Jason, to do that. that is sweet. You, you were the best, so it doesn't matter. It's, 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 that would be an honor. Oh, nice. Honor to me and to the gentleman who also forced me to buy an album <laughs> so that you could sign it. He's like, I don't live here. I can't buy it. Please buy me an album. Sign it to her. Sign it. Have her sign it and send it to me in Minneapolis. Very nice guy. seduced her. At last was a dream. She awoke with a scream. It was a lump in the mattress that goosed her. <laughs> Everybody ready? I, 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 Well, here goes another verse that waltz me around again, Willie. Now there once was a young lady named Pratt. Who had triplets named Tom, Tit, and Tat. It was fine in the breeding, but worse in the feeding. When she found there was no tit for tat. <laughs> Did you ever see a girl with three knockers now? So funny, because I, I actually had one guy yeah. come on my podcast the other day who. I uh, you know, I wasn't familiar with his work, and he d couldn't pick an album. And then he's like, I really wish I'd have picked Rusty Warren. I didn't know you were going to interview her, because I would have picked her. Oh, and really? I'm like, yeah, well, we could have talked about that. But, you know, <laughs> you know the people just, you know, they, they discover 
you know, that's the thing is about this podcast is you find people of like interests, and it's great. Well, in your age group, mostly, right, yeah. yeah, and that, and you know, it, it, it gets a little harder because that's a two, three generation gap. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, it would have been. I there's you a funny. You were born in the six. You probably bought it sixty five. Me, yeah. I was born in nineteen eighty. So you know, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do that math very well. <laughs> so, I mean, and I I know my grandmother was too conservative, way too conservative to listen to you. What state? Were you? New York, upstate New York. Well, yeah, yeah I yeah, was yeah. the queen of upstate New York. Yeah, no, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt that. She's Schenectady. That's around where my family yeah. is Herkimer, Ilian, Cohoes. Mm-hmm. Nowhere. All those places are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mike is also from upstate. Yeah, yeah. they came out of the New York office. I got him in the Plattsburgh. I had to go to Plattsburgh. Mm, right. Oh, I've got to tell you. Yeah. Now, this is 1958, somewhere. No, it was earlier, 55. I just graduated college and just doing a lot of the piano stuff. I get to Plattsburgh, and I go to a hotel, and I get there, and you you have to give your uh, name. I can't use Rusty Warren. There's no money in that name. It's the name. Sure, sure. So I had to give my, my, my driver's license, which is Eileen Goldman. And I'm looking over, no blacks, Jews around. I say, what is that? Is this a joke? I mean, we're in 1950-something. Yeah. Come yeah. on. And this the blacks is hadn't had theirs wow. whoopee yet. It, 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 that was in the 60s. So they were still a bad situation that, that, that happened, which is stupid. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm not, where else can I stay? I wouldn't stay at a place. Like, it was fine, with, but I could afford it, you see. It was that kind oh, of yeah. place. It wasn't a mm-hmm. bum place, but I had to go elsewhere. I wouldn't do it. I called my boss. From the club, I said, I don't know what this is. Well, you put me here, but I, I happen to be a Jewish performer. I'm not working that, but that's who I am. Mm-hmm. And he won't let me in because I am, and I wouldn't go. Anyway. Well, I, I was livid. Yeah. Anyway, we let it go. But that was how early this all happened. Yeah. When you think of yeah. what changes were made oh. since that decade of the 50s, yeah. and all of a sudden, the 60s was where... You are talking to me now because the 60s and what happened with women, with men, mm-hmm. with their attitudes, with sex being spoken as an issue of intimacy, of trying to find men to give more of themselves in a loving manner, in mm-hmm. a speaking, not get me boss, you woman here. Right. I, I, you know, do the lawn and you cook the yeah, yeah. cookies. So, I mean, it's, everything has changed so beautifully. Yeah. And, and, and men, God bless the young men today. A young, I don't young, maybe, but <laughs> the care they give women, mm-hmm. they able to speak with them. They want their own way, too, mm-hmm. which was, is fine as part of being a male. Sure. But understanding her needs, mm-hmm. whenever it was, you know, I guess it was a secret with our parents. Because they got along fine, mm-hmm. so I don't know how that was. But what I'm seeing in our generations was that was what basically happened. We started understand each other. We've come around circle a little bit on the negative side for sure. Right now, today, and I'm sorry to see that happening, but it's not happening to a lot of the people. Probably in the Midwest, I think it's the big cities, mm-hmm. the major cities that's there. 
so much sex is used as a bothering pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. Even in school, yeah. I got to go do that to him so I could get on the football team or get right. a date with somebody at the back. Wow. Yeah. I, that frightens me. Yeah. And I've had this interview before, this kind of thing mm-hmm. with young people. But I'm sorry it's happening. And I hope women get strong and don't have to play into that because it means it's coming full circle to what it was in the 50s. Of course, yeah. Where men are waving it and saying, you want this, you want to do that, do this. I mean, please. I mean, they know better. And I don't say you gentlemen, but they know better. And the ones who really adore women and, and, and respect them are the ones that get the nice women. Now... A nice woman will do a lot of things <laughs> if she loves you. Of course. Because it's love. Yeah. I think it's we're not, both... We're there's both. no... Give me your hand. This is intimacy. Oh, yeah. In, not in our sense, but oh, yeah. when you're with your, your friend. Just it's all, sit and watch television. Hold her hand. Kiss her. Whatever. But today, it's... Zip. Hello. What's new, boy? Right. Are we through? Yeah, well, I'll catch you in three minutes, you son of a bitch. Right. But anyway, <laughs> the point is, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to see that. I want to see it put where it belongs. Yeah. In a loving, caring, needing, wanting, because I desire you. I want that where it belongs. Right. I don't want it in the schoolyard or under the under the... The, where you sit when you watch the ball games or yeah. in the back of a oh, please. A big part of it always felt like me, still feels like to me, is not just a lack of respect for somebody else or for. Well, if, if, the you know. people have gotten young men to, of your generation, say it's expected. Right. Now, not right. every woman is game to this. Sure. I mean, your wife is one thing, and if not, you don't care. Right. Really. Right. I mean, it's well, once in a great while, it isn't. It isn't an effort of immediacy in order for you to do anything mm-hmm. that's going to be useful. Right, useful. right. You know, I mean, it's it's sad, but it's where it's at, because mm-hmm. that's called sex. I didn't do talking. I spoke about Mr. and Mrs. America. Mm-hmm. I spoke about the women, mostly family. I didn't do black humor. Mm-hmm. I didn't do gay humor. Mm-hmm. Not really. Not really. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do... Um, uh, like when I did the little sex thing, A into B, mm-hmm. you know, and all that stuff. And, and, and what is that, my mother? What is that? And he said, oh, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine, girls? It's nothing. Five years later, it wasn't nothing. <laughs> you know, I mean, this assimilate, it's all there. We're pointing in it to a verbal sense, but sure. that was my comedy. That sure. was how I did it. Yeah. And some other ladies did it differently. My compadres in that area yeah. did it differently, but... I, I I was no I was no angel sure. at all. I mean that wasn't the point. But but when I worked for the gentleman who owned nightclubs and things in those years, mm-hmm. a lot of that is gone. They don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't even think there's any left in Italy. But anyway, I, they own half those those little boites between Herkimer and Ilian and Gohomes, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and they own the record industry uh, distribution and jukeboxes. Oh, they did. Oh, okay. oh wow, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. And that's how you find four or five of my Waltz, Miranigan, Willie, Knockers Up, Red River, Sally, and Frank and Johnny. Mm-hmm. Those are all on discs for the jukebox. Mm-hmm. They were playing okay. oh, all wow. over the country. 
Yeah, and well, those are free because no one owned them. Wall Street oh, really yeah. is like a or public domain. Oh, okay. wow. And, okay. and Romeo over the Clover is public domain. Frankie and Johnny is probably owned by, by someone because they did the uh, second phrase, you know. Oh, the, okay. The, yeah, yeah. the other one. But uh, Red River Sally is an old Western song. That's, that's public domain. So they could put it in a jukebox. Nobody had to get any royalties. Yeah. You know, you oh, didn't okay. have to get publishing rights. Yeah. But um, it's what's happening in today's world is where you are, and I'm talking to young people here, are you married? Yep. We are both newlyweds yep. within the last... Oh, you were married to this... Oh, this, this is my well, wife. Well, I'm yeah, sorry. We got married in June. I hope I didn't offend uh, anybody. Are you kidding me? <laughs> offend us? No, you, you well, ne- you've no, never met my mother. Not you can't that you would, me. but <laughs> you're from the generation. Are you a married man? Two weeks ago, I was Oh, married. I knew the word. Good yeah. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sit down, darling. You have so much to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> if I can remember it. <laughs> I'm <I'd> now. <laughs> But you, you've been nice. We chatted on email for mm-hmm. months before you had time to, uh, yeah. you know, put me in your schedule. I know you had a, a pretty big compact podcast. Pod, yeah, pod, yeah, it's, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. podcast is, is, you know, oh, my we, we, yeah, we just, do get crazy. Learn busy. how to say the word. <laughs> <laughs> I, we're just lucky that you're you're here and not alive. We're just so happy. I'm lucky. I'm still alive to enjoy my memories. <laughs> really. <laughs> and he convinced you to marry him. He chose you, yes. He could have had a dozen other broads, but he chose you. (laughs) He took one look at you and said, I'm going to give you my name. Isn't that wonderful? In the house and everything. And besides that, he's going to let you have his kids. Isn't that tremendous for him to give so much? (laughs) You girls don't know how wonderful it is. Like I say, he could have given it to anybody else. Do you remember some of the things he said to you before he married you? You remember when you were in the car? Ah, yes. There you were sitting in a car with him, a kind man, up to a point. A generous man, sometimes. But right now you were alone with him. And you thought you'd be playful. Most women are that way. Curiosity, they call it. And maybe you got a little too playful. And he looked at you and said, Hey, baby, prove to me you love me. She looked at him and said, Oh, I'm not that kind of a girl. And he married you. Sick boy. But he doesn't regret it because she still remembers those words he said in Mr. Passion. Marry me, baby, and I'll give you to every morning, every afternoon, every night, and twice on Sundays. Am I right, girls? After 15 years, you're lucky to get it. And when you do, it's a present. He brought it all the way home from the office for you. On the bus. I 
have a question. Yeah. Yes, Mike. How did you go from what was the transition from being a pianist, a musician, into the comedy side? Yeah, like, how you. did how did that transition occur to you? And did you know early on? Like, how early did you know you wanted to start doing comedy, or is it something you? It found? didn't. It just. It, I'll tell you. Okay, I get out of college. I'm in love, and uh, it was the time when the young man had to do some kind of two years in the military, some mm, kind uh -huh. of thing, 1949, 50, whatever it was. The war had ended, you know, the, the World War II had ended. And I graduated in 52, New England Conservatory. And I taught as assistant for, to a professor. Okay. At the, you know, uh, regular, you know, stuff, music. And I was going, we were going together and uh, possibly get married. Well, it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, no. I was pretty well broken up, but that's what you, happens when you're young. And um, I liked popular music, mm -hmm. you know, as well as, I liked Boogie Woogie, it mm -hmm. just came out. To learn to play Boogie Woogie from my classics, you know, I had to get over there. And I wasn't, I could see myself as a classic musician, but, that wasn't who I was. I see the other ladies dedicated. The violinists, celloists, the pianoists, they are dedicated. They live that piano. Sure. I mean, it was scary. <laughs> and I, I was, you know, I, I was I was a happy, funny girl. I loved stuff. You know, mm -hmm. I wasn't, and I couldn't figure out who I was, what I was at that point. And I just, my, they told me I went to a popular area from the school, and they told me there's a, well, there's plenty of agents around that get you jobs playing piano, and I did. I played in the Copley Plaza Hotel oh. in the dining room, and I played at um, two or three other restaurants in Boston where they were, and um, I was just wanted more. Then one guy said, "Do you sing?" I said, "Well, I don't." No, not really. Mm -hmm. But I suppose you could always sing. It depends what it is. And um, he said, why don't you get some of those where there's other words to the song. You get other words, naughty words, mm -hmm. like for just cold port everybody mm -hmm. that uh -huh. put out songs. You just do something. Good man's hard to find, a hard man's good to find. You know, you twirl it all yeah. down. Mm -hmm. And that's about where I started yeah. to do that silly. And I had fun because I could talk at the bar with like the piano bar here in the house well, in the piano bar there's people around you and you're talking and you're playing because I could play the crap on the piano but you know not today's world that's what I started going up on upstate New York mm -hmm. playing these little boys along the way mm -hmm. they were raucous and everyone loved fun yeah. and me and I loved the piano and my boss says why don't you learn more of these and I found out where I could find them you know, in New York, they sent me the sheets, just the words, I knew the music. Mm -hmm. And I kept doing that, and then I kept talking to people. And um, it was fun yeah. to chat with people, because they're drinking, we're out. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and the bosses watched over me, they knew I was young, and they didn't know, they knew I wasn't tramping around like some of the gals in the neighborhood. And 
But I knew who they were, and I knew what they were doing, and I didn't care. They were either my friends or they weren't. I didn't care what they did for a living. Mm -hmm. You know, the early prostitution yeah. and guys and gals that played around places like that. But I worked for the, the guys, mm -hmm. and they're very careful of who I dated, you know, like my parents. <laughs> you know? And so I met nice men there because they knew, they knew they couldn't whatever, they knew they couldn't ask me to do anything. Sure. Because whatever, they knew that. I don't know if it gets something about me. A man knows this one, yes, that one, no. <laughs> I don't know. I'm guessing. But anyway, I never got into any sexual troubles. Mm -hmm. Once in a while, I would say, I'd laugh. Mm -hmm. I'd say, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then, then it's all done. So, you know, so <laughs> my boss, one boss I had, would, came, I came back to get my check, and he'd throw himself out. I laughed at it because I, <laughs> I probably the second one I'd seen in my life, but, but he didn't know that, <laughs> you know. And then I said, "Well, when you when you write the check, wrap it around there, and I'll sign it, <laughs> bring it out or whatever." And I walked out and said, "Jesus, crazy." Then I got a little scared. I said, "Well, I guess I'm going to get paid on this one oh, <laughs> unless wow, I do right. something." I said, right. "Shit, you know, for what he's giving me was two hundred fifty a week." You know, in a room. Yeah. You know, I mean, those days, dollars, $250. That's a lot from 9 to 12. Mm hmm. You know, playing piano. Oh, yeah. was her man he wouldn't do her no wrong Frankie and Johnny they went walking Johnny he wore a brand new suit Frankie she paid a hundred dollars to make her Johnny look cute he was her man he wouldn't do her no wrong well, you know he's gonna cheat in another few verses, don't you, honey? Yeah. Well, now this Johnny, he said, baby, I'm gonna leave you. But, honey, it won't be for long. I'll be back in a short while. Baby, don't you worry at all. I am the man. I wouldn't do you no wrong. He lies, did you know that? So, I mean, but you learn things, and you do, and... To answer your question, I learned the funny things, and I got a lot of words that came in the, you know, I'd sent to some place in New York for a dollar a thing, they'd send you a whole list of oh, yeah, wow. stuff. And um, I took the ones I could do, and I do what worked and what didn't work, and I don't know, I just like to start talking to people. I was that way, I'm still that way today when I talk to others about their lives and their and they don't, don't forget, everyone's getting married. They were young. Mm -hmm. And they're, especially in those areas, Fresno's in, in the California area and, mm -hmm. and in upstate New York's. I played, uh, um, was that place they had the horse races? Saratoga? Saratoga. Saratoga. I played that. The boys owned that also. 
I played that and I met Smith, the saying America, sorry, Kate Smith. Mm. Kate Smith and that Don Walker or whoever, mm -hmm. fellow gay man I found out he I didn't know. He was sort of silly when I spoke with him. What am I, <laughs> I don't know. And anyway, uh, she came in and I, I got to meet her. You know, I mean, I was piano player at a bar. It was a big bar that after the races, everyone went to. And so, I mean, I was almost oblivious to what was going on around me as far as stuff, because I didn't drink to an excess particularly. I did smoke, smoke, good luck, <laughs> but I did smoke. And, um, and I didn't fool around. Mm -hmm. No, I, I was afraid to get in, in trouble, Yeah, you know. And then I got to the point, I guess, direct this one to Jan. Jan, it's, I got to the point where what, am I carrying this virginity around with me? And here I am playing whatever. But who are you going to ask? You can walk, hey, I, I, I need your help. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? And you know what I did? I thank God the man is dead now. Uh, one of my agents out of New York, big Irish fella, sweet, loved to drink. I figured, yeah, he's drunk. What the hell? <laughs> he's not going to care what, he, if, what, what I'm trying to force through, through myself. And I, I, I practically raped the poor man. <laughs> and he was laying down there, and I, and I, I got to ride on top, which was fun. I had no idea there was any favorite things to do, except what you see in the movies. And I just, and he was there for a couple of days. I worked it out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like anything else, it smarts a while, and it gets back to natural. And I said, well, that's done. Now, now what am I going to do? And then as years gone went by, I've got to tell you, naughty, there were a lot of, we were coming into the era of oral sex. Mm -hmm. it was coming, now, I'm working for the mafia guys, and the only ones they did were bartenders and drummers. <laughs> These guys, <laughs> I mean, they expected us to do it, but not you. Mm -hmm. No, you don't. Yeah, get out of here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, So I said, well, why would just, I have to do that if you're not going to do that. Back. You know, it, it wasn't equal. Mm -hmm. It wasn't equal. And I said, well, that seems strange. And I said, but I don't know how to do this. Well, a couple of years went by, and I'm playing in Arizona. I'm playing a little piano mm -hmm. thing. And uh, the guy that did my gowns was a gay guy. He did all my push-up things that put boobs in him. And he, <laughs> it was wonderful. And so we stayed to stay at my little apartment. And we got early in, and I asked him, I'd like to learn something. Could you help me? <laughs> I was really, it was, it was very straightforward. I've never done this, and I'd like to see how bad it is, or good, or whatever, what it tastes, feels, whatever. I got to do that. And I said, but you can't do anything. I mean, don't do what you're supposed to do. And just tell me what I'm doing wrong. Well, we, we laughed. It was hysterical. 
he was a sweet guy. He was a sweet guy. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen one as well endowed as my father, <laughs> along from a course in my lifetime. But this was something, and it was something I knew I was going to, if that happened and I cared about something, then I, I felt at least okay. At least I know what, I'm not an idiot. You know, at my, we're in that, that era. Oral sex was a big thing mm -hmm. in the 60s, like mm -hmm. 50s and 60s. Everyone was doing that. Sure. I mean, hate Ashby, three ways, four people in a group. I mean, it was whoopee time. <laughs> and I was coming in off another decade, yeah. kind of get in there. And uh, But I mean, this is something I don't even think I've I even told, but this is how it happens to someone that didn't know. Mm -hmm. And they is out there yelling about boobs and sex mm -hmm. and hadn't been a virgin till God knows when, mm -hmm. twenty something, and then all of a sudden wanting to know what's going on out there. Right. And then if I'm not going to get married, I got to do something. Mm -hmm. So, um, but that's the, the as you asked me, that's how okay. it happened. I started to do material. I started to talk about love, sex, and the new t songs. And I did Sophie's song, mm -hmm. and I did. The ones that Ruth Wallace and people that were coming up, they did theirs, and and I started to get my own, and mm -hmm. I started to do stuff like that, waltz me around and roll me over and train all that. That came out of those early songs for Sinners albums, the first. So, if I may, I would like to do a number for the young ladies to prove that we do have something to give. Are you girls ready? Knockers up, knockers up, knockers up. Ladies, get your knockers up. Hey ho, up. hey ho. Come on there, girls. Throw those shoulders back and get your knockers up. Put a big smile on the world today. Come on there. Come on, your leggy there. Get those shoulders back. Get those knockers up. There we go. Now, doesn't that make your navel tingle? <laughs> Knock us up! Knock us up, everybody! Hey! Oh! Knock 
Tony on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Kwan. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, rate us highly, and write your reviews. You can follow us on Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl and Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl.